A new day has come to the city of Augustus, Illinois, and as evening sets in for the always bustling city, we go to the Rose Petal Motel in room 313, where Emma is sitting on the bed drinking a cup of coffee. Gunner then enters the main portion of the room, having come from the bathroom. Hey, are you hungry? I can sneak out for just a moment to go to that cafe down the street. If I wear my baseball cap and the sunglasses, I should be fine. No, I I'm okay. I'm not hungry. Too busy thinking. Too busy thinking about what? I'm in this town of Augustus. I'm here in this town that you say I have such a big connection to, but... I'm cooped up in this motel room with you because you said it's best that we don't freak anybody out. People believe I'm dead. They've thought that way for a long time now. Emma, people will know soon enough that you're alive. Will they? Gunner, it seems as though we have so many obstacles ahead of ourselves. My God, escaping your BFF Andrew was just the beginning. And I'm sure he's no longer unconscious, so it it's only a matter of time before he tracks us down. I won't lie to you. You're probably right. Well, thanks for being honest. Look, Emma, we need to come up with a plan. But in the meantime, I think we have a lot of time to share together in this motel room. And you were awfully quiet on the plane ride. So why don't we start talking now? I mean, why don't I tell you all that I know about your life? Alrighty then, start talking. Tell me, Gunner, who I am, and tell me what I've missed out on since I've been dead. At Colin's home in the living room, Colin is sitting on the couch looking at a photo of he and Emma on his cell phone. Meanwhile, Caitlin is beginning to enter the room having come from the guest room. Thanks for letting me stay the night. Anyway, Mom said she would meet us at the opening, so we better get going. Colin? Colin, are you okay? Oh, uh, Caitlin. Yes, I'm fine. Colin puts his cell phone down on the coffee table as he stands from the couch. And you're right. We should get going. Not so fast. I can tell you're not as fine as you claim. What's going on? You know me so well. Well, sisters have that power. So I've been told. We're going to the reopening of Prodigy. But all I can think about is when it was first opened almost three years ago. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about tonight like that. So much has changed in three years. That it has. I had just come back from Europe. My heart was still broken from Leslie leaving me at the altar. I didn't feel like partying that night, so I stayed home. And Emma walked back into my life. And she told me she was pregnant. And then this crazy, somewhat beautiful, always fast-paced life began for the two of us. I just can't help but think about what has changed. 
Emma's no longer with us. Lakin lives in Spain. Leslie and I are now close friends. Alex is with Danielle Frazier. I learned that Melanie and Stephen are my biological parents. It hasn't been easy for us these past few years. Our family has endured a lot. We've endured a lot separately. But I can tell you this. You still have me. I will always be your sister. Thank you. And I will always be your brother. That you will. Now I say let's go to that club and let's dance the night away. I'll meet you outside. Sounds good. Caitlin smiles warmly. She then picks up her purse from the couch and goes to the door. Yes, this is Colin Harper. What? I had no idea she was progressing that fast. I, I don't know what to say. Uh, thank you for, for telling me. Mm-hmm. Bye. Colin hangs up from the call. Oh my goodness. Lucinda's awake. At Prodigy Nightclub in the main area, the reopening of this trend-setting club has just begun. Over by the bar, JJ and Antoine are standing next to one another. Well, well, well. It looks like the guests that arrived earlier are already enjoying themselves. I just hope that I have enough booze in this place to keep everybody happy. You've been counting bottles for the past three months, uh, and, and you know that Lakin still has those great suppliers who have truly been making sure that the club stays stocked up. True. Does that mean you'll relax? Some other time, I just saw your mother and Gregory walk in, and it would appear as though my mother and Danielle are right behind them. Antoine looks over towards the stairs which lead into the entrance of the club just as Danielle, Rhonda, Gregory, and Felicia enter the main area. They all spot JJ and Antoine. JJ, I hope you don't mind, but I just had to bring you a little something. I don't mind at all, but this is awfully generous of you. Well, you and my son have been together for a while now. I must tell you that any man who makes my son happy is instantly accepted into my family. And I know how big of a night this is for you, so... Enjoy your gift. It really is something to see. Rhonda went all out. By the way, how are you holding up, Rhonda? Antoine and I? I'm doing fine. And we just changed the subject. I, I, I... Of, of course, Mom. Danielle, where's your hunky date? Fingers crossed Alex has broken out of the suit. I'm dying to see those arms of his. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> Oh, honey, nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> oh, he's parking the car. By the way, I'm super proud of you, JJ. Thank you. Th that means a lot. The remodel you did on this place looks fabulous. I'm sure Lincoln is very proud of her new manager. She called earlier today and wished me luck. Considering how many people are in here right now, I don't think you need it. Now, who wants a drink? First round is on me. Everyone smiles and begins to follow Antoine except for Danielle, who hangs back as she notices Alex coming down the entryway stairs. She goes to him. There you are. I was beginning to wonder what took you so long. I'm sorry. Oh no. I already don't like that look on your face. 
What's going on? I just got off the phone with that father I've been representing in that custody case for what seems like an eternity. Uh, seriously? You can't get one free night? And why has this case not ended yet? Danielle, I'm sorry. He's my client, and not to mention the fact that the mother of his child comes from a wealthy family. She is doing everything in her power to keep us tied up in court until she gets full custody. It's a complex situation. I bet so. Look, whenever you have a free moment, I would like to have some fun with you for once. I'll be over at the bar soon. I hope so. I really do. At the Bennett home in the living room, Miranda is sitting on the couch while she is flipping through channels on the television. Jonah then enters the room. <sighs> Anything good on tonight? You know there isn't. Miranda shuts off the television as Jonah takes a seat next to her on the couch. You seem tense. Of course I'm tense. I was hoping that by watching a little television I could calm down. However, nothing seems to be working. I've been thinking nonstop about the whole Donovan mess ever since Reynolds let us all out of that holding cell. Jonah, I'm usually the legal eagle. I can usually splice some sort of strategy together that makes sense. Yet, I don't know how I'm going to get everybody out of this mess. Perhaps you shouldn't be thinking about saving a group of people at all. What do you mean? Maybe it would be easier if you thought about how to save us from illegal contempt. Stop right there. Look. I may not be able to stand Stephanie Markham, and I have exchanged words with Isaac Marshall before, because the two of you seem to always be at each other's throats. However, that doesn't mean that I'm just going to go ahead and start throwing people under the bus, especially since we all know they consider Stephen Langenfeld to be the top suspect. Miranda, I was just saying that Miranda lets out a sigh, stands from the couch, and begins to walk out of the room. I know what you meant, Jonah. Meanwhile, outside of the Bennett home, Donovan smiles as he looks through the window of the living room, examining Miranda and Jonah's every move for quite some time now. As the seconds tick by, Donovan raises up a gas can, and then he rushes off to the outside basement entrance of the Bennett home. Back at Prodigy in the main area, Diana, Mark, and Isabella walk into the main area of the club, having just come from the entryway stairs. I appreciate the two of you getting me out of the house, but I don't want to stay too long. Mom, we can't stay locked up in the mansion forever. It's not good for us. I'm glad you've cracked the case, son. Diana walks off as Isabella turns to Mark. I'm sure she didn't mean it like that. Your mother, like you, is in a state of unimaginable grief right now. I guess so. <sighs> Thanks for bringing me tonight, by the way. This sure beats the hell out of spending a night at the office, trying to get you more information on my former employer. Thanks for keeping up with that. My dad would have wanted me to continue the plan to take down Colin. He'd be very proud of the man you want to remain. 
You're very strong and it makes me so happy that we're getting closer and closer to celebrating the fact that Colin's company will soon be no more. And I guess we can also celebrate the fact that I'm going to wipe the floor with my ex-husband in court. Can't believe this little plan you cooked up. And thanks for finally telling me before we came over here tonight. You're welcome. Isabella? Oh my gosh, Christopher, I was right. I knew it was her from across the room. Hello, darling. Isabella, what the hell are you doing here? And who's this? This is my boyfriend, Mark Hastings. Save it, Isabella. Why are you back in Augustus? What? A gal can't ever come back to a town she absolutely adored? You were here for about five minutes last year. And also not to mention the fact that our deal was that you were supposed to leave town and grant me my divorce. As long as I gave you more money. I held up my end of the bargain. That you did. But that feels like it happened ages ago. <laughs> it literally happened just last year. Look, I've had a very hard couple of days and I came here to relax with my girlfriend. I don't want to see you here. It's a public place. And you're like toxic mold to an environment. Let me just say that I'm so sorry, Christopher. I heard about your suspension at work. But after what you have been doing to me, it is completely warranted. As people start to look in Isabella's direction, Isabella and Mark walk off. Wait a second. Christopher, I... I can't believe this. My ex-wife is also my accuser. What the hell just happened? Meanwhile, on an airplane, Lucinda is sitting in a first-class plane seat. She is wearing a comfortable white jumpsuit, a black hat, and a pair of sunglasses. She then picks up a fluted drinking glass and lightly sips on a mimosa. Look out, Augustus. I'm awake. I'm healed. <laughs> the bitch is back. Back at the Rose Petal Motel in room 313, Emma and Gunner are still sitting next to one another on the bed. Emma is holding Gunner's cell phone as she looks at a picture of Connor. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that this is my son. I can't believe this is your grandson. He is so precious. Well, he's sort of my grandson. Considering what you told me about what I did with that Alex guy and what my baby's name really means, I would say that means he's your grandson more than anybody else's. I hope I get to meet him someday. You will. <laughs> and I hope he remembers me. You know, you said you said that he's in kindergarten already. I would think that means he has no memories of me. Emma, you spent every waking second with that baby. I know that's what you told me. And I, I do believe you. It's just that I hate not knowing anything about my son. I hate not knowing anything about my husband or the secret I kept from him. I hate not remembering Alex Bennett. I hate not remembering the fact that we used to hate each other. I just I don't even remember my middle name. You said, you said that once we landed in Augustus that things would get better sooner rather than later. But I have no memory. I don't know. I, I don't know 
I know. I, I can only imagine what you're going through. But Emma, the hard part is over. We defeated Andrew for the time being, and, and regardless of the past, regardless of the way that I used to feel about you, I am determined to reunite your loved ones with you. I am determined to help you get your memories back. We spent such a long time together. Day in and day out, I woke up next to you in our bed. I made you breakfast like some sort of 1950s housewife. I did the grocery shopping. I baked, I cleaned, and I kissed you. And I, I never understood why it always felt like you didn't want me. I never understood why our marriage felt so fake. And I never understood anything about the day of my explosion. An explosion that I was told your supposed best man rescued me from on our wedding day. But it, but it wasn't our wedding day, was it? No, it was all a lie. And I will admit that I crushed Andrew under the weight of my boot for a long time. And, and when you turned us in for the election rigging, I, I told him to get revenge on you. But then he went rogue, Emma. I mean, I thought you were dead too. But when Andrew got me out of my prison cell, I knew something didn't feel right. Ag against my will, he took me away to that resort and I came face to face with you. And then he told me about the lie that he had concocted and also he could become rich beyond his wildest dreams while making himself the alpha over me and also not ever having to go to prison for murdering you. One hell of a plan. Gunner, I can't be mad at you. You brought me back here. You've filled me in on my past. You saved me. I can't thank you enough for that. I am so very grateful to you. You're welcome. Is there anything I can do for you? Perhaps get you a tissue? <laughs> no, I'll be fine. But I am hungry now. <laughs> I'll take care of it. See you soon. You bet. Gunner walks over to the desk and picks up his baseball cap and a pair of darkened sunglasses. He then puts both items on and walks to the door in the process. As Emma wipes away her tears, she then walks over to the nightstand and picks up the evening edition of the magnifier. On the cover, she can see that there are details of the grand reopening of Prodigy Nightclub. She then begins to skim the article. Huh. Wow. This looks like it's going to be a party that the whole town's going to attend. I, I have to go there. I have to see if my husband is there. I just have to. Emma rushes over to the desk, grabs her purse, and then rushes to the door. At Memorial Hospital in an examination room, Melanie is sitting on the bed as Elaine stands next to her, holding her hand. Are you sure you don't have to go? I know you wanted to meet Colin and Caitlin at the club. Melanie, for whatever reason, Stephen had to see that Detective Reynolds guy tonight. And... This is a very serious appointment. You need someone with you. And I'm trying, remember? Yeah, 
Thanks for doing such a thing. Of course. Now, why did Dr. Becker want to see, see you anyway? I don't know. But like you said, this appointment is very serious. Yeah, well, I gathered that from the voicemail he left you that you let me listen to. Well, hopefully we'll find out what's going on soon. Ladies, I'm so sorry for the wait. No worries, Dr. Becker. We're glad you're here now to speak with Melanie. <laughs> what she said. Very good. Melanie, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling fine. <sighs> you know, to tell the truth, I was feeling a little anxious just now, considering how long you had to keep us waiting. I get it, though. I know you're a busy man. Thank you for understanding. Anyway, Doctor, why did you want to meet with my sister tonight, exactly? I mean, couldn't this have waited till the morning? I don't mean to worry the two of you, really, but I don't believe it could have. Oh? Dr. Becker, what's going on? Melanie, I... I have some news about your Alzheimer's. Do you remember the appointment you had a few days ago? The one where we did some more blood tests? Yes. Um, I, I believe it was the day that you had me play the game. Oh, gosh. What is it called? Um, connect the dots or... Um, connect... Five. <laughs> Connect four. Yeah, that's the one. You did a very good job by winning those three rounds. Really helped boost your memory that day. Thank you. And you were the one who taught me that simple games such as that go a long way. That they do. Anyway, back to the matter at hand. Melanie, the reason I haven't called about those test results of yours from that day is because I needed more time to examine them. Really? I mean, I just thought they would have looked like usual. So that's why I didn't reach out. Dr. Becker, why did you need to examine Melanie's tests more? Well, because there was something about them that I'd never noticed before. And these past few days, I've been meeting with specialist after specialist and some of the best doctors in the state of Illinois have reached the same conclusion. No, 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 please. Please tell me that my Alzheimer's isn't progressing much quicker than you thought. Doctor, I can't deal with that right now. I've been thinking that things had started to get better. Oh, but now this. Melanie, Melanie, it's, it's important that you let me finish. Just give him a moment, Mel. What is it? What's what's going on with my sister? Melanie, I'm so sorry. I misdiagnosed you two years ago. What? What the hell is that supposed to mean? All along, you've had a very serious case of vascular dementia. Your loss of vision, and the day you fainted at the Tasty Bean Cafe, which was the day your friend Antoine brought you to the hospital. 
the, the day of my diagnosis. Exactly. Anyway, both of those days count towards very serious strokes. Based off of my test and other factors, I thought it was early onset Alzheimer's, but all along it has been... Two years! I've lived with this hell for two years! And now I find out that you've misdiagnosed me? I've taken so many experimental meds. I flew all the way to Germany for a drug trial. I made a will. I put my family through hell. I, I think I should give the two of you some time alone. Melanie. You... Oh, you dirty, rotten piece of garbage! Melanie! Two years! Two years! All this time you've let me live like this! What kind of doctor are you? I want answers right now! Back at Prodigy Nightclub in the main area, Colin walks over to Leslie, who is standing at a table drinking a Cosmopolitan. Hey, you. Colin, hi. It's so good to see you. Same to you. You look great. Thanks. You do too. Are you here with Caitlin? Yeah, but she split the moment she saw some of her friends from the blogging community. Hmm, I bet. Like I mentioned, though... It is good to see you. I actually thought about you a lot today. You did. Yeah. I remembered where you were three years ago. Thanks. Of course. Your glass is almost empty. Can I get you another Cosmo? I'm fine, but thank you. If I must say, you look good, by the way. I assume the reason you look so good is because of the advancements your family's PI has made in Emma's case? You'd be right about that. Thanks for letting me call you last night and vent about everything concerning the case. Of course. You know, I'm always here for you. I just can't believe that Andrew Rutledge might have had something to do with all of this. Same here. I even called your former mother-in-law to look at the video. I hope Miranda was able to help you. Not as much as I thought she would, but she gave her thoughts as best she could. Good. As Leslie takes the final sip of her Cosmopolitan, she spots Mark on the other side of the bar. A look of sadness falls upon her face. Hey, are you okay? What was that? That look on your face. You seem so sad about something. Yeah... I just looked up and saw Mark Hastings on the other side of the bar. Oh. It's so shocking what happened to his father and brother. Bad it is. I feel so bad. His brother actually flirted with me not too long ago. He was a really nice man, from what I could tell. It's so strange how the world works. Bad it is. Look... I don't want to keep you, so I'll talk to you later. It's a deal. Leslie then gets up from her chair and kisses Colin on the cheek. She then walks off. 
Meanwhile, on the other side of the bar, Rhonda is drinking a virgin strawberry daiquiri and looking down at her wristwatch. Ooh, I sure hope Gregory gets back over here soon. Don't be on it. The lines for the restroom are ridiculous. Diana, hi. Hi, Rhonda. Antoine told me about the- It's okay. We don't have to do that thing. I just came up here to get a drink. We don't have to talk about the car crash. Okay. I, I guess I'm just shocked to see you here. Again, we don't have to do this. I, I, I hear you loud and clear. Back at the Bennett home in the living room, Jonah is sitting on the couch watching the nightly news. As he lets out a deep breath, the power suddenly goes out. What the hell? Jonah, the power's out. Don't worry, I'll fix it. Jonah stands from the couch and retrieves his cell phone from the back pocket of his jeans. He then turns on his flashlight. Great. Just great. Moments later, in the basement of the Bennett home, Jonah is walking down the steps as he makes his way to the fuse box. He then opens the fuse box and begins to flip through a few switches. However, the power does not seem to be coming back on. Jonah then feels a tap on his shoulder. Miranda, you shouldn't be down here. <gasps> Donovan! Before Jonah can say another word, Donovan raises a crowbar and hits Jonah on the head. Jonah falls to the floor as he is knocked unconscious. Donovan then begins pouring gasoline all throughout the basement. Once finished, he then retrieves a box of matches from his jacket pocket, lights one, and then throws it to the ground. The basement then goes up in flames. Donovan then smiles as he exits through the basement door that leads to the outside. Minutes later, up in the study of the Bennett home, Miranda is lying on the floor unconscious as well, as a considerable amount of smoke comes through the vents. Back at Prodigy Nightclub in the main area, Colin walks over to Caitlin. Hey you. Hey, how's the party going for you? It's actually going really good. I'm happy to hear that. By the way, have you seen Mom anywhere? I thought she'd be here by now. I haven't, actually. I thought maybe she had linked up with you. Nope. Oh, that's odd. Maybe she'll be here soon. I hope so. Meanwhile, across the room, Emma comes down the steps of the nightclub. She begins to survey the room as she slowly removes her sunglasses. She is immediately tossed into a crowded environment, but manages to spot Colin from across the room. My husband. Meanwhile, Danielle and Alex are talking with JJ and Antoine. As Alex puts his arm around Danielle, Danielle looks off into the distance. She then notices Emma. What the hell? Hey, you okay? Uh... Alex, look. Emma? Emma begins to walk to the center of the nightclub. Slowly, others begin noticing her as Colin and Caitlin begin to notice that everyone in the club seems to be looking in one direction. What's going on? I don't know. Maybe we should head towards the front of the club. It does us no good being back here if they were to start doing the Cupid Shuffle. 
I haven't done that in years. As Emma slowly makes her way towards Colin, Gunner then rushes up to her and touches her shoulder. She turns around, but they quickly realize that everyone has turned their attention to them. They are shocked, just like everyone else who is looking at Emma and Gunner, practically without moving. Dad? Uh, Emma, you're alive. It, is this real? Colin, oh my god, if it really is you, Colin, honey... Emma rushes up to a shocked Colin. She then wraps her arms around him tightly. This has been the mid-season finale of Forever and a Day. Created by KCS Hutchison. Co-executive producers KCS Hutchison, Candace Mack, and Demi Morgan. Narrated by KCS Hutchison. Written by KCS Hutchison, Candace Mack, Emmy Morgan, and Eric Andras. Music and sound effects provided by Fesslian Studios and Soundstripe. Theme song provided by Soundstripe. This episode starred Bart Blackneo as Colin Harper, Lucretia Lyon as Caitlin Harper, Emmy Morgan as Olivia Bookman, Lance Guzman as Christopher Marshall, Benjamin Bryant as Gregory Marshall, Karen Knebel as Melanie Walters, Navelle J. Lee as Callum Becker, Elizabeth Von Isser as Elaine Harper, Diana Collins as Diana Hastings, Jean Young as Emma Jensen Harper, Brett Lawrence as Gunnar Harper, Kalia Davis as Leslie Marshall, Christina Sullivan as Stephanie Markham, Tony D. Head as Isaac Marshall, Sherard Jackson as Jesse J.J. Frazier, Darrell Anthony as Antoine Jeffries, Amelia Marshall as Rhonda Jeffries, Matthew Preston as Jonah Bennett, Renee Saran as Miranda Williams, Ashley Stewart as Isabella Reed, Desmond Hawkins as Mark Hastings, with Kevin Caliber as Alex Bennett, Candace Mack as Danielle Frazier, and Claire Statmuller as Lucinda Prescott. Join us again for an all-new episode of Forever in a Day on your favorite podcast streaming platform. This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement.